0: the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No,
1: you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so we are recording and we've already had a good 15-20 minute discussion. That we should have recorded because it was great stuff for you guys, but we did not. Uh, But I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church in Jefferson Hills. And with me
0: is... Mark Berkshire with Mark Berkshire Ministries in Fair Chance, Pennsylvania.
1: And uh, we are talking about ways that Christ followers can respond to things going on in our culture. In this podcast we call Faith Responders and I think either the time, bef- last time or the time before, we said one of the things we wanted to talk about was false teaching or the lack of biblical teaching and how that's impacting the mission of the church. But we also acknowledge that we can't move forward without at least discussing the election results or lack thereof. <laughs> however, you want to, however you want to determine that. Um, and one of the things we were just saying in our discussion prior to us starting the recording was that yeah let's let's talk about that because the mission of the church doesn't change regardless of who wins this election amen but uh so what are your thoughts on the whole we're still not we still don't have a uh a certified i don't know the correct term but a certified here's the
0: official winner of the election um I think it's it's not anything new. It has happened several times in history. People act like this is the first time this has ever happened, and it's not. I mean, it's happened as, as, as early as just in the early uh, what was it? 199697 somewhere around there where Gore and Bush had the, the thing in, in Florida.
1: The hanging, the hanging Chad, the hanging Chad. Yeah, the hanging Chad. I
0: mean that that was that that took thirty nine days after the election before we found out who was in there or not. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's nothing new, you know. I think that it needs to play out. I think that it needs to. Um, things need to be questioned and and asked about. Um, I think we as we as Christ followers need to just continue to pray that God's will be done. Um, remember that God is the one who puts men into power. God's the one who takes them out of power, and he doesn't need cheaters or stealers or anything else to do that. He will do that. So either way, as you said, the Lord reigns and the church's mission is still the same either way it may be a little difficult if one party wins and the other doesn't but it it still is the same mission
1: i'm going to add um just because i know there's so much contention within the church because we're so politically divided which we should not be uh, but I, uh, for me, and I, I don't have any knowledge in this, but I personally, this is just me as registered independent, personally don't think there was an overarching, well-orchestrated scheme on behalf of a bunch of Democrats with the Democratic Party to say, here's how we're going to steal this election and here's, Uh, uh, here's how we're going to contact all of the election officials in the various States and make sure they do a, B and C so that we win. I don't think that was the case. I do think as with every election, since I've been an adult, there have been people who acted of their own volition in support of what they believe was their party's rights or whatever, and did some shady things. Um, uh, And, and, I think that's across the board Democrats and Republicans have yes. been it's politics have done some shady things, however, uh like we said, I don't think that changes the 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 mission of the church is still the same, but I will say this: it is a little disturbing one that yes, and I can understand his perspective that uh I can understand. President Trump saying, I'm not going to concede. I can understand that until everything's been verified. Because if it was me, I would want everything verified, double verified, so that no matter who wins or loses, there can be no one that says, well, you, you did this or that. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, here's the winner. Uh, I, I do think him not willing to say, okay, while we wait, let me share some information with uh, Biden's camp, transitionally i'm not going to share all of it because it hasn't been verified but pulling out some things to saying here's what you can know the other thing i will say that really disturbs me is the affirmation from whoever made it that this has been the most secure election ever and only after that do we find thousands upon thousands of votes in multiple states that oh yeah these votes weren't counted to me that says this was not the most secure
0: Yeah. Or, I mean, or that in one instance, 137,000 votes come in for one candidate and only one candidate. That is a little odd to me.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of discrepancies, which leans towards, which is why I'm all for, okay, let's, let's double count, triple count and verify everything transparently with as many witnesses as we are legally able to have so that no one can dispute here are the official results that 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 i mean there's nothing wrong with that
0: happening i mean we had here in pennsylvania we had a an unprecedented amount of 99 year olds voting this year than ever before (laughs) you know that and that's documented. <laughs> so it's like, okay. <laughs> and it's one of those things where you, you, like me, I'd be.
1: you can't 100% prove that they didn't, but it's questionable. And it would yeah. make me want to say, let's go back and double check everything. It. And exactly. I see tweets from, uh, what's his name? John Fetter, Fetterman, Fetterman. Fetterman. Uh, the Lieutenant Governor regularly saying, yay PA this was the most secure blah 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 and I'm like hey I still would be especially when you look around at all these other states where there's all these questionable things that are beyond a shadow of a doubt questionable coming up that there would be nothing wrong with saying you know what I'm confident this was the most secure I'm so confident we're gonna go back and double check and verify everything so that no one can question our pennsylvania results
0: well we're at what uh november 20th i have a friend that still hasn't gotten their vote counted they've checked the 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 website and everything their vote isn't there and you know everybody around you know so how many of them aren't counted that should have been counted you know yeah. There, there's just so many things. And, and I'm like you, I think they need to just make sure it's verified all the way around before. And we've got time. I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, nobody's going anywhere, especially now that we're all now, yeah. modified lockdown, but yeah, I would, right. I would want to beyond a shadow of a doubt say, Hey, look, uh, we, we double counted. We hand counted. Uh, we had not just, uh, Republican and Democrat observers. We had independents, the media, all observing right. this process. I mean, whatever we're legally able to do, observing this process because we want to be 100% above board. Uh, and if it were me, I would do it just to say because I want to shove it in everybody's face that I was right and that this is right. One, I would, I would like if I was the winner, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I want every state to go back. And to hand count and double count, yeah. And I would just be sitting there twiddling my thumbs waiting. Yeah. So so that's just me.
0: Yeah, and that—that's. I mean, you know, that's our views. Yeah. Which don't 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 mean anything. Don't mean anything other than you know
1: whoever decides to listen to this podcast.
0: But you said something that that really does talk about what's going on in the church today the church is divided it's divided not just by republican democrat or parties it's divided by christ followers and christ fans Hmm. Um, there's a lot of people who are in the church involved in the church that are more Christ fans than they are Christ followers. They 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 want to be there. They want they like the whole thing but they're not totally surrendered to Christ. And I think that's one of the biggest problems that the church today is facing.
1: Well here let me ask you this. Is there a problem? And the only way I can equate this is because sports fans. There are sports fans, and then there are die hard, like Pittsburgh Steelers followers and Pirates. Fo- I mean, they they follow them. They know the scores. They go to the games. They you know, they they wear the colors. They they all that kind of stuff. And then there are people who are just fans of mm-hmm. you know we we pay attention. Sometimes we watch when they play. Sometimes we don't. Uh, we celebrate with people when they win. So is there a problem or a, a problem may not be the right word. Uh, what, what is the problem with being a Christ fan as opposed to a Christ follower? Like how does being a Christ fan, just a fan, impede the mission of the
0: church? As a Christ fan... Let me, let me go as a Christ follower. As a Christ follower, totally surrendered, bought out, you know, just completely sold out to Christ. There is more of a passion to reach out to others, to bring them into the church, into Christ, um, to witness to them. As a Christ fan, there's not an urgency to witness. There's not an urgency to share your faith. And sometimes maybe you won't even share your faith when there's an opportunity that comes up. Because you don't want to (laughs) offend someone or you don't want to, um, you don't want someone to offend you by saying, well, you're just one of those Jesus freaks. You know, so you kind of, you kind of camouflage it when you're out in public, but when you're in church, you're praising the Lord. And, you know, that's what I consider a Christ fan versus a Christ follower.
1: So, uh, and this is just me trying to put it in my head. So as a Christ follower, you're committed to the mission. Exactly. To the gospel. To make Christ known, whatever that looks like, in your circles of influence, in your congregation, in your community. As a fan, what are you committed to then? What's
0: is it just going to church? Is it just you're committed more to going to church and the idea of being a Christ follower um, than you are committed to the Christ.
1: So a fan is not helping to fulfill the mission of the church, the body of Christ at large.
0: Right. I mean, they can be helpful, but they're not. They're committed. not
1: sharing the gospel. They're not. They're right.
0: not. They're not. They're not doing their part. I mean, I heard somebody say the other day. It was a new congressman, actually. He's 25 years old from North Carolina. I forget his name. Uh, Madison, something or another. Um, but he's a he's a Christ follower. And he said that, um, he said his, his number one question when he meets a, a Christ follower is, how many how many people have you went to the Lord this week? Or how many people have you shared the gospel to this week? He said, our mission as a Christ follower should be to share the gospel anytime we have an opportunity out. And that means with the lady at the sh- checkout counter, the person behind you at the, at the registers, if you're eating at a restaurant with your server, sharing the gospel. And there are people who do that constantly. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm one of those because I can't say that. But if I have an opportunity, I will share the gospel. And I know some people are saying, well, you're a preacher. That's what you do. That's not, it has nothing to do with whether you're a pastor or not a pastor. The Bible doesn't say for pastors to share the gospel which we should, the Bible says that we are all called to take his word and make disciples.
1: And so what about, I agree with you. Uh, only thing I would add to that, not to change it, is that as the Holy Spirit leads, because there are some people that are just not outgoing by nature, not people oriented. Um, And I had a lady ask me this on TikTok when I was, I shared a TikTok about, you know, sharing the gospel. She was like, what do you do when you just don't like talking to people or whatever? And I said, you let the Holy spirit lead. Uh, And,
0: and there's other ways I, I honestly believe we can share the gospel in more ways than just speaking.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: You know, we don't have to actually speak the words. I mean, if somebody comes out, a server comes out and your food's cold, are you going to bark at them and say, well, my food's cold. Blah, 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 and they know you're a Christ follower, but you're behaving yeah. as the world.
1: Or, or I'm going to add, worse. or posting <laughs> and commenting right. as the world, rather than the way that someone whose primary mission is to share and show the love of Christ
0: Exactly. Should, should should be. Yeah.
1: So, so let's talk about the teaching then, um, because there's not a lot of pastors. And we've talked about this, I feel like, on podcast and off podcast all the time. There are not a lot of pastors that are teaching biblically. Uh, so how is that uh, impacting the overall mission of the church? I have a big thought on this but I'm sure you do too so well, I'm gonna let
0: you go first
1: okay my thing is I, I if if we're not doing that then we're not being the church uh, we've got one job and I feel like y- Yahoo for all the all the the missionaries around the world that are going into the places and feeding the hungry and and digging wells and providing water and going into, you know, neighborhoods and handing out food. I help hand out food all the time in multiple neighborhoods and schools and everywhere else. But we have one job, and it's not to do any of that. It's to share the gospel. That's, that's the Great Commission. That's the mandate of the church. And any teaching that isn't equipping people to do that or that is taking away from that, then we are failing and we're, we're hurting the mission of the church. I don't. I don't think uh, God is going to be pleased that woohoo, you know, seventy million people turned out for Trump or seventy-four million people turned out for Biden, but you know, seven people turned out the following Sunday to show up in their church. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be pleasing to God. Uh, yes. I, I so I I, I think. All the pastors that are pushing their injustice mission, it's great. But if you're not doing it as a foundation of sharing the gospel, it's useless. All the pastors that are feeding people in their community and helping people, that's great. But if you're not doing it under the foundation of sharing the gospel and being the church, it's useless. And I feel like the church has gotten so far off our mission. We've adopted All these other missions and purposes, even the political ones, which has led to division, which is why the church has been whittled down to what it is. And I don't just mean in the number of people attending, uh, but I mean in its impact in the world, because the teachers are not reiterating that our main focus, the reason we're here, the reason why God called us, the church, into public assembly is to be a witness for him and to share and to show the love of Christ. And we're not doing that. And it it just, i I, I just, it makes me so, one, sad, but also so mad to see Christians put so much time and energy into all this other stuff and pastors that are supporting it. I'm like, that's great, but how is that helping to share the gospel?
0: Right, we have too many ch- pastors in, in in mostly in the Western Hemisphere that are feel good pastors. They want to make their their church feel good when they leave Sunday morning. They want to make sure that they're encouraged, they're built up. And there's nothing wrong with that. We should, but how many times did Jesus leave a crowd with their heads hanging because of something he said, you know, if you don't follow me, there's no way into heaven. And I mean, talk about the rich man. He said, Hey, rich man came to him and said, Hey, who, how do I follow you? He says, well, you have to sell everything you have and give up everything you have and then follow me. The rich man turned around and, hung his head and walked away because he didn't want to give up. We are too afraid of offending people and we're too afraid of stepping on toes as pastors, even our own toes, that we have made a new gospel. We've made a feel-good gospel. We don't preach on topics like abortion. We don't preach on topics like Uh, same-sex marriage we don't preach on um, topics like uh, premarital sex Um, we don't talk about gambling issues you know we we kind of leave all of that alone and we we talk about what will make you feel better how can you follow jesus and feel good and the Bible doesn't tell us that being a Christ follower is going to make us feel good. The Bible says that if you are truly a Christ follower, you can expect to be persecuted. You can expect to suffer. Yeah. And, um, that's not being taught from the pulpits of many churches. You know, and I think the gospel message hasn't been taught from the pulpit. I don't know how many different preachers I can click on, and you don't hear anything said about the blood of Jesus and salvation. You know, I believe every sermon should have a point in it where you call people to repentance, you know, um, and, and it's not there.
1: And I, I, I would agree with that, except I'm okay with, and this is just me, my opinion with preachers who may not cover abortion or this or that. Um, I mean, some teachers just do topical and it's the feel good topics. Uh, I like a mix we're talking about Calvary Chapel. I like a mix of both teaching through books and teaching topics. Uh, Mm -hmm. We just finished first Peter. We're going to go through Psalm one and eight on Sunday. And then, we're doing a topical one for the rest of the year. Uh, so I'm okay with some preachers. And again, it depends on your congregation. Cause I know you see the post too, where preachers in the small group will ask, Hey, yeah. I just got here. What should I preach on? what should I preach on about this? Or what would you preach on about that? And my response is usually what does your congregation
0: need to hear? Yeah. You know? But, but don't you think every congregation needs to hear the gospel? regardless oh, yeah
1: i um, yeah the gospel I,
0: <laughs> regardless of how old they are <laughs> yeah. if you're
1: preaching through especially if you're going through which is why yeah topical but also through books of the bible uh, you're going to come across the gospel like uh the return of christ um i was just listening to i think i have it in the car on a cd i found where we taught through the book of Revelation in 2009 or 10, I forget which, 2010, I think it was. And I was just listening to that. Um, so I was like, oh, this would be interesting to listen to. And it was very detailed or whatever, but, you know, it's 10 years later. We haven't taught through the book of Revelation again, but numerous times we've taught on the return of Christ because mm-hmm. it comes up. It comes up in First Peter, which we've taught through. It comes up in the book of... Thessalonians, right. which we've talked through. It comes up in first and second Timothy, which we taught through. So these yeah. topics are gonna come up if you're teaching through the Bible. And then if you're teaching through the Bible, you'll have to address it. Not here's what I said, but here's what God says, whether I agree with him or not, thus
0: saith Yeah the Lord. And 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 I, I want to make a point. I don't I don't disagree with topical sermons either. I mean, as a as a speaker that goes out and speaks at different churches, um, you know, I don't have a, I don't have the availability to do a series. So I have to do a topical sermon every time I go, you know, because I'm not preaching through a book or anything I'm doing, you know, a sermon. Um, so I don't have any problem with topical sermons. I just have a problem with if that's all your people are hearing is feel good stuff and not the biblical, I want to say biblical hardcore, then we've got a problem. Because all we're going to have are baby Christians, and we're not going to have anyone eating meat. We're going to have them drinking milk. And that's what a lot of churches, a lot of pastors are doing. Um, There's a lot of pastors, especially younger pastors, that that will you know i well matter of fact i have i i have a friend who i've spoken at his church a couple of times he says from the pulpit he has no problem with taking drinking a beer with someone you know and as a pastor should you say that from the pulpit no i don't believe so you know um, i'm not saying that drinking a beer is gonna is a huge issue that's between you and God. But do you want to say that from the pulpit? What if there's an alcoholic sitting in the, in the pews and you say, Hey, I drink a beer once in a while. You know, Oh, it's okay to drink. Pastor said if it's okay to drink, you know, Um, those are little issues that come up that you don't think are hurting anything, but they're, they're, Digging away at the, at the, the mission of the church. You know, um, Paul tells us not to be a stumbling block. Yeah. And I think there's more pastors that are stumbling blocks and speed bumps (laughs) than anything else. Um, And I'm not, I'm not saying all pastors, because there are some very good pastors. You're, you're a great one to, to be preaching the gospel all the time. I mean I, I enjoy listening to your messages. And so I you know, and there's several others that I listen to, but we have become so tolerant with the world as a church that we don't want to offend anyone. And that's why we see a society that we have today That's why we see the church not wanting to fulfill the mission of Christ because we are so tolerant of sin Hmm. that we have turned our, we've we've turned a blind eye to a lot of it. I mean, um, it's just... We need to get back to as as a church, and I'm talking the church we need to get back to the mission
1: well let me let me throw this out there because I, I mean I agree with you, but i I know I was talking with uh I think it was a woman I don't remember someone online <coughs> they were saying that that the churches have become exactly the opposite of what we're saying from, from their perspective, not that churches are so liberal that they're, you know, they're just doing anything, but they've come, they've, they've become so legalistic and strict and judgmental that it's too hard for people to even, you know, get a foot into the church and become a part of, when I say the church, local congregations, um, so yeah there's the the aspect of those that are are liberal and they they don't want to say anything harsh cuz they're so like you said they're 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 tolerant of sin and they don't want to offend anybody but then there are people that go to the other extreme where they are so judgmental and so critical
0: uh that they are you know and, and, and I blame that on the pulpit <laughs> I blame that on the pulpit as you would say because if you are teaching the word of God, it is going to be judgmental. It is going to be strict, but how you present it is supposed to be presented in love, not to be standing up there saying, well, if you're doing this, this or this, you're going straight to hell. That's not the way to preach it. You know, You do it with love, you do it with compassion, you do it with the Spirit's leading. And yes, there are two extreme places, I know. Uh, I came out of a legalistic background where, you know, if you, they also believed in falling from grace. So if you went out and said something, even the word darn, you know, you're going to hell if you don't repent right away. That's stupid. I mean, that's stupid. God knows that we are imperfect people trying to present a perfect world or a perfect word to other imperfect people. So we need to get off the pedestal of I'm better than you because I know Christ and realize that we're all freaks trying to get To heaven the best way we can.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I got nothing after that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Um, sorry, I
0: feel like I'm preaching today, and I don't mean to be (laughs) preaching. No, no,
1: no, that's fine. But I
0: am passionate about this subject because I think there are way too many churches that aren't preaching it. I mean, there are whole denominations that have sold that have bought into the world's views.
1: Yeah, and I, I, and I struggle with. I think it's okay to. That word, I, I hate when words get hijacked, and 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 I think it's okay to be tolerant. Um, I mean, yes, it is. Yeah, to be tolerant of other people's views, to be tolerant of other people's perspectives, to be tolerant of other people's um reservations about Christianity and all that stuff. I think it's okay to be tolerant. Um, Absolutely. I, yeah. I think like you said, as far as uh, there's one thing between tolerating and another thing then accepting and integrating. So right. uh, I can be tolerant of someone's views. If they differ from mine, that's fine. Uh, but that doesn't mean I have to accept their view, their views and integrate them into my religious worldview or biblical perspective, uh, which yeah. is where, ah, I have family members who have done this. They, they have just taken other worldviews, religious worldviews and integrated them into their Christian worldview. And my response was that doesn't mean it's right. No. That doesn't mean what you have created actually reflects God's truth yeah. in any way, shape or form.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll go, i I'll, Give you a good example. I have a cousin that I'm very close to that is a homosexual. I do not agree with his lifestyle. I do not tolerate his lifestyle to the point of wanting to be involved in it. But I tolerate him. And I love him just like anybody else. I don't preach about it. I don't talk to him about it. I have a godson that's that's a homosexual. I don't preach to him about it. He knows my views. He knows where I stand. He knows that I will never agree to same-sex marriage. Yet we love each other the same. It's all a matter of doing it in the love of Christ. You have to... Tolerance, there's not a problem with being tolerant. Jesus was the most tolerant person around. I mean, he had to be. Because if you would have been the perfect person walking this earth and seeing what he saw, he would have zapped them all right then and there. You know, he yeah. had to have been the most tolerant person to walk the earth.
1: Well, yeah, that's the that's that's the whole you point know. of the gospel. Is that exactly <laughs> we all Because of our sin, deserve death, but that's not what we got. Instead, we got God's grace and mercy. Um, Just because I'm on a clock trying to rush and get some other stuff done, I'm going to move on to, uh, first and foremost, let's talk about, uh, we were talking about this before, how I don't know where people are that are listening to this here in Pennsylvania. uh, We haven't been on another lockdown But there were some new rules instigated. Uh, The governor said that anyone going into any building where there are people from another family, not from your household, then you must wear a mask while in that building. So basically, if I go into your house, uh, and, and we don't live together, so if I go into your house, you're from another household, the whole time I'm there, I need to wear a mask. We go into a bank or whatever, and most of most of the businesses are already abiding by this. They're already requiring masks and all that. Uh, Although there are quite a few with big signs that say you must wear a mask on the door, and I walk in with my mask. None of the employees are wearing a mask, and they look at me like I'm crazy for abiding by it. But that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Uh, So there's there's that. So now masks must be worn, and I think the reason he said if you go into a building is because to to a kind of accommodate Thanksgiving and family gatherings because I guess contract tracing has shown that most of the increases are coming from personal gatherings. They aren't coming from people in the stores cause they're all wearing masks and staying away. They aren't coming from all the businesses. They're coming from personal <clears throat> gatherings. So, uh, and to, on top of that for me, Um, You're not Allegheny County, right? No, I'm Fayette County. So for Allegheny County, uh, the Allegheny County Health Executive just issued an order saying that uh, there's a stay-at-home advisory order advising all residents to stay at home unless you are going to work, unless you are going to uh, the hospital, or unless you're going out for food. And the governor's order also includes uh, if you leave the state, you have to either get tested or self-quarantine when you come back in. So where, where does it look like we're, we're going again? We're, it looks like we're going in the opposite direction from where we yeah. were
0: and getting which, away from all this. Which makes no sense to me about going out of state. Here where I live in Fair Chance, we are about 10 minutes from the West Virginia border. My wife works in Morgantown, West Virginia. So every time she comes home, she has to quarantine for 14 days? Well, there is a
1: there is a if you commute for work clause, because I guess they took that into account. So if you're oh, okay. commuting for work, I guess the assumption is that you're already in that bubble with your coworkers. And there's already a set number of coworkers known who they are. And so you guys are already taking precautions. But uh, yeah, which is weird because so if she goes to work, she's fine. If you guys cross that border to say, Oh, uh, for the weekend, we're going to stay at this B and B two doors down from her work. You're not covered. Are you still there? I think I lost you. Okay. Well, it looks like, uh, do some technical difficulties. Uh, I lost Mark. Uh, so I'm just going to, kind of wind down with these thoughts that one uh, we have to consider where are we going with this whole thing what's the end result going to be Uh, because even with vaccines uh, thank you Jesus that are are, are coming down the road we have vaccines for a lot of um, diseases that are still around Uh, so what are we going to do even with the vaccines that's not going to necessarily eradicate this Uh, so we have to make decisions based on that i will say no matter what we do there are a couple of things i would love to see continue um even if we do get to the other side of this and that's one i would love to see like telehealth there were laws preventing a lot of the telehealth things that are taking place now uh i would love to see the continued uh, just wipe down and cleanliness that restaurants and salons and gyms and everyone is taking on. would love to see that continue. Even if we get to the other side of this, I would love to see continue the curbside uh, delivery. Uh, when I order something fast food wise, instead of me having to, you know, find a parking spot and run in and go get it. I, I, I love the fact that they will just bring it out to you, you know, That, that should be, that should continue. Uh, it makes it easier on, on all the people that are driving by to pick up food. I'd love to see the Chick-fil-A drive through, continue to like knock it out of the park uh, like they're doing. Uh, so we'd love to hear from you guys. What are some of the things that you want to see continue? Um, even if we do get on the other side of this, uh, And I will wrap it up with this prayer, uh, with some prayer, because we're rolling into Thanksgiving. And even though the world has gotten crazy, we still have so much to be thankful for. Uh, Take the time during this Thanksgiving to tell your loved ones that you are thankful for them. Take the time during this Thanksgiving to be thankful and grateful to your employers who employ you. Take the time during this Thanksgiving to give praise and thanks to God for all that he has done for us. God, we pray that we would be grateful and thankful and appreciative and show that to one another instead of all of the hate and anger and division that has been seen from others. We pray that this Thanksgiving that everyone would be safe, uh, whether we're gathering with just the loved ones in our household or uh, even if it's just with neighbors, we pray that everyone would take the necessary precautions to be safe. Uh, we pray that uh, your congregations, your people called by your name, would be faithful uh, to the mission that you have called them to—to to share and show the love of Christ to those in their circles of influence. And we pray that, as 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 Mark pointed out, and as we have pointed out multiple times, we pray that the pulpit the pastors would do what you have called them to do, which is to preach your word with truth, with passion, with integrity, and to equip their congregations to share and show the love of Christ to those within their circles of influence in their communities. And we give you thanks, and we give you praise for the love that you have shown to us, the undeserved grace that you have given to us, the forgiveness of our sins that you made possible through the death, burial, and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for this. We thank you for your amazing love. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen.